SpongeBob SquarePants is a popular animated character who lives in the sea with his friends. One of his friends, named Patrick, a pink starfish, was awarded a gold cup trophy for doing absolutely nothing longer than anybody else, which was number one on the list of Patrick's top five lazy moments. Do you know somebody like Lazy Patrick, the starfish? Maybe he is you. Are you a lazy person? We all have times when we'd like to check in to the Lazy Day Resort, but lacking diligence is a real problem and a character issue. Proverbs warns, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a robber and want like an armed man. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands for rest, and poverty will come on you like a robber and want like an armed man. That's Proverbs 24, verses 33 and 34. And this is Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. Well, being lazy may seem harmless enough, certainly not as destructive as anger, pride, or lust. But there's a reason slothfulness finds its way into this list of the seven deadly sins. And Ron tells us all about it next as he continues his teaching series, Undefeated, Overcoming the Deadly Sins That Drag You Down. Stay right here or visit somethinggoodradio.org to hear any of Ron's messages on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Download or subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, at Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now here's Ron with part two of his Something Good Radio message, Defeating Laziness. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Christ. Practice diligence. Number two, consider the consequences of laziness. Let's go back into the book of Proverbs, which through um, multiple pithy statements um, lays out some warnings. It warns the sluggard. It warns the slothful person. It warns the person who's just trying to skate by in a way that nobody notices in the office that you're just skating by. Consider these consequences. Number one is poverty. Proverbs 10 and verse 4, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. Proverbs 14 and verse 23, in all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. Another consequence is shame. Proverbs 10 and verse 5, he who gathers in summer is a prudent son. But he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. Shame. How about hunger as a consequence of laziness? Proverbs 12 and verse 11, whoever works his hand will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. Or Proverbs 19 and verse 15, slothfulness casts into a deep sleep. And an idle person will suffer hunger. Another word that the Bible uses to describe slothfulness and uh, sluggardness and laziness is idleness. The person who just parks it and puts it in idle when he should be 
putting it in drive and pressing the accelerator and go, go, go. It's work time. It's double time. Let's get to work now. Another consequence of laziness is disappointment. Proverbs 13 and verse 4, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. And have you ever been there when the lazy person says, oh, why, why did you get rewarded like that? Why did you get the promotion? Why do you have what you have? Well, because I worked hard for it. And the sluggard, he craves, he wants those things, but they don't come to him, which leads me to the last consequence, no career advancement. Uh, listen to this in Proverbs 12 and verse 24, the hand of the diligent will rule while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Have you noticed that in your work situation, in your office? The hardworking person eventually gets the promotion. The hardworking person who goes the extra mile, who does maybe more than the job description requires, not less, well, the hand of the diligent will rule. The slothful will be put to forced labor. I take that to mean you're going to be in a job you hate because you never got promoted, you never got moved and advanced. Um, the consequences of laziness. So practice diligence, consider the consequences of laziness, and then thirdly, imitate hardworking people. Let's go back to Proverbs again. And this time to chapter six, beginning in verse six, where uh, the writer of Proverbs says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? And then hear those familiar words that we found in chapter 24. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little holding of, folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a robber and want like an armed man. Poverty or, or sluggardness and, and, and slothfulness will rob you of everything that you want. But he gives an example here. He says, check out the ant. Check out this tiny little creature that doesn't have a a chief or a ruler, doesn't have anybody say, it's time to get up, time to go to work. Oh, it's time to do this. Have you done that? If you're a, a boss or a business owner and you have a lazy, sluggardy kind of person, you're always having to tell them what to do. The best employee is the one who's five steps ahead of you, who understands the mission and the direction that you're going, and they, they've already anticipated Go to the ant, this little tiny creature doesn't need somebody telling him what to do, but oh, the productivity in an ant colony. It's really one of those amazing things in nature. You know, today is Father's Day. And I got to tell you, some of the, the work ethic that I learned growing up, I learned from my dad. My dad was a he grew up on the farm in Iowa. He has a farmer's hands. I mean, my, my dad will shake your hand, and if you're not careful, he'll break your knuckles. He's, just, he's got a grip that, that developed when, you know, he worked the farm. He later left the farm, came into the city, 
worked a few careers, landed in real estate. My dad was, was always a hard worker. Sometimes, you know, he, he'll even admit, creeped into, you know, that area of workaholism and you know, didn't always balance work and life very well. But he was a hard, hard worker. My, my, my dad used to, sometimes we'd get up on Saturdays and he'd say, hey, you know, boys, I had two brothers. Boys, come on out here, let's, uh, let's rake some leaves. And we lived in this neighborhood that had these huge oak trees. And, oh, during the fall, they'd drop, you know, pounds and pounds and pounds of, you know, of leaves. And you know, he'd go, oh, let's just go rake a few leaves. And we'd be there from 9 o'clock in the morning to 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 35 bags later. And I'm like, Dad, no. But, you know, he just, if there was work to be done, there was work to be done. And I didn't do very well as a young person, you know, uh, doing that kind of work, you know. I always wanted to go play with my friends or play bas baseball or basketball in the neighborhood. But I, I learned hard work from the good example of my dad, who was very diligent and, and, and got the job done and finished the job well. Still ahead, the second half of today's Something Good radio message with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. If it's been a while since you stopped by our website, somethinggoodradio.org, you may want to pay us a visit. We've released a new streaming platform for Something Good Radio and Something Good Television. You'll also find our digital library. This is where you can search for biblical answers to some of your most challenging questions. Watch. Listen and download for free. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home librarian pastor as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible. What has been most impactful about the experience, and what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. 
my relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a a bird's-eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament. For your gift of $30 or more, give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. Now let's get back to the rest of today's message, Defeating Laziness. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones. One more example, go with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. An example of the ant. You may have a personal example in your father or somebody else that modeled this for you. But here's an example the Apostle Paul gave of himself to the church in Thessalonica. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, beginning in verse 6, the Apostle Paul says, Now we command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ... Notice how he brings the authority of Jesus Christ himself to what he's about to say. He says that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition you receive from us. Those are strong words. He says, stay away from the sluggard. Stay away from the slothful person. Uh, By all means, don't hire that person. Do your homework in the hiring process. Make sure you're not onboarding a sloth or a sluggard. He says, I'm telling you this, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, stay away from that person. And then he says in verse 7, for you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we did not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. Paul had every right to expect to be paid for the ministry that he was doing amongst amongst the Thessalonians. But Paul says, no, I'm going to work for my bread. I'm going to work for my living because I'm going to set an example for you here. He goes on to say, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. This ought to be written on public policy in Washington, D.C., and in state houses and in local. If you're not willing to work, you're not willing, we're not going to just keep handing out food stamps. Do we need a safety net for people who need a safety net? Absolutely. But we took a a giant step, well, back to the good old American Puritan biblical work ethic when we said, no, we need a welfare-to-work program. Quit incentivizing people, government, to not work. 
We're in the midst of this global pandemic, and uh, we're coming out of it some, and businesses are starting up again. I got a haircut a couple of weeks ago, and I went to the place where I get my haircut. I, I, I said just, you know, real casually, I was a little surprised you guys didn't, you know, start, start working and start cutting hair as soon as the governor said it was time to do that. And she says, well, some of us kind of figured out that we were making more money collecting unemployment than we were working, so we stretched it out a couple more weeks. The government needs to read 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Stop incentivizing people not to work. And the good old American productivity will, will fire up the engine again. Paul was, Paul was pretty straightforward about that. Paul gave them an example of hard work to imitate. You got anybody like that in your life? Maybe your father, your grandfather? A friend, a neighbor, uh, parents, grandparents, are you providing that kind of example to your kids and your grandkids? Will they ever look back on Father's Day, dads, granddads, and say, wow, my, my granddad, my father, I learned how to work hard, to put in a good day's work from my father who worked hard. And his work ethic was, was rooted in faith. So practice diligence. Consider the consequences of laziness. Imitate hard-working people. And unless you need a, a little bit of laughter during that time of just normal need for rest and relaxation, I suppose it's okay to watch a little bit of SpongeBob. Patrick, the lazy pink starfish, but don't imitate him. Don't imitate him. He won an award for the top five lazy moments in his life. Are you kidding me? I guarantee you in heaven there's no reward for slothfulness. Not a single one. But when we get to heaven, oh, we will worship the Lord, but there's work to be done as well. You, you read the, the end of the, the Bible, the book of Revelation, the picture of the new heaven and the new earth. If you've got some idea that heaven is a place where you're going to float around on clouds and strum your harp, you haven't read the Bible. There's work to be done, but it'll be, it'll be back to paradise. We've gone from paradise to paradise lost where work is harder. It's more difficult to be productive. Maybe we need more time to rest, but we're heading back to paradise as believers in Jesus Christ, and we will work for all of eternity, working out God's great plans and purposes. And we will be fulfilled in our work like we were meant to be fulfilled. Uh, no sluggards, no sloths, no Patrick the pink starfish winning any awards for his top five lazy moments. Let's defeat laziness. So if the Lord were to call us home today, he says, yeah, that's great. I've got, I got a guy or a gal walking into eternity right now. They've been a good worker on earth. They're going to be a great worker in heaven. Jesus said, my father is always working, and I am working too. He said that in response to some who took him to task for healing a man on the Sabbath. You know what kind of work he's doing? He's working overtime to draw men and women and boys and girls to the cross of Jesus Christ, and he's doing that work right now in some of your hearts, whether you're here in person or you're watching online. 
He's working hard to get you to the cross where you find forgiveness of your sins and a home in heaven where that free gift of eternal life becomes your possession by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The work the Father sent Jesus to do was a work of redemption and a work of reconciliation through the cross. He went into the grave. He rose triumphantly on the third day. And Jesus says, it is finished. It's finished. The work that you sent me to do is finished. He hung around for another 40 days or so and then ascended to the Father. He promised he's coming again. But, but that, that work of redemption was complete. He didn't stop short. He didn't, you know, try to, try to shortcut it in any way. He finished the work. He got the job done. And he's coming back to get us one day. Are you ready for that? Have you placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Have you, have you responded to the call? The Bible says that for by grace we are saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The good news, even as we talk about laziness and we talk about a biblical theology of work, you don't work for your salvation. The work's already been done. Jesus did all the work that was necessary for us to be reconciled to him by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead. So maybe one of the easiest things for us to do is just come to faith in Christ. It doesn't require any work on our part. In fact, your works, they, they won't even get you in the door. That's the good news today. So work in your job, be diligent at what you do, but don't work for your salvation. The work's already been done by the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Defeating Laziness. And Dr. Ron Jones joins me now in studio. Ron, it seems to me, after hearing today's message, that laziness is far more serious than we might think. It absolutely is, Brian. For starters, perpetual laziness brings about poverty. Yes, poverty. Uh, this is one of the reasons why laziness shows up as one of the seven deadly sins, because it is universally and quite literally deadly. As I said in part one of this message, which, by the way, can be found on demand at somethinggoodradio.org, slothfulness is one of the deadly sins because it undermines productivity in society and it ultimately undermines God's redemptive plan. So laziness is quite serious at the individual level, but Brian, perpetual laziness results in poverty, as I said earlier. But it is equally serious, perhaps even more serious, at the national or global level. Just look at our country today. The great American work ethic still exists to some degree, but we've raised up a generation of people in this country who quite frankly feel entitled to get paid not to work. The consequences have been profound. And we've lived for most of this century in an economically weakened America. I don't mean to get too political here, so I'll just stop by saying this. We as believers in Jesus Christ need to set the tone to demonstrate what a healthy work ethic looks like and also to demonstrate the benefits of a solid work ethic. 
Uh, we do not ultimately answer as Christians to our supervisors, our bosses, or even to the owners of the companies for which we work. No, we answer to, well, the owner of it all, uh, that is God himself. We may not be able to change the world by doing our work heartily as unto the Lord, but Brian, we might just be able to change our little corner of it. That's Dr. Ron Jones with some final thoughts from his message, Defeating Laziness. Well, Ron, once again, we're up against the clock, but first, tell us what's on the docket tomorrow as you push ahead in your current series. Well, Brian, when I was growing up in Indiana, I often heard sermons about the dangers of smoking and drinking, and rightly so, because practicing such things can be dangerous to your health. And seeing as how our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, according to the scriptures, well, we should take care of them. But in all that time, I never heard a single sermon or a single admonition about gluttony. But gluttony made it on the list of Pope Gregory's seven deadly sins. And if gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins, then we ought to take a serious look at the reasons why. And that's exactly what I'll be doing right here on Something Good Radio. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Defeating Gluttony. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for listening.